Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, a longtime NFL insider. He shares his thoughts on what happened with Josh Jacobs right around that contract extension deadline time, plus a whole lot more. Coming up on Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, July 19th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. Welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts to get the latest edition of the show. As always, we definitely appreciate my man Ari. We appreciate you as well for checking us out on YouTube, if that is, in fact, the way that you check us out. But Ari does a great job each and every day making sure we're up on YouTube and we're looking good, and we appreciate him. At Ari Produces on Twitter. You can always hit me up on Twitter if you want, at your boy Q254. And if you want to get something in on the show, the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693 coming up in segment number three of today's show we have your calls and texts plenty of feedback when it comes to josh jacobs plenty of feedback when it comes to this staff led by dave ziegler josh mcdaniels patrick graham and company all coming up in segment number three segment number two longtime nfl insider albert breer he was a guest on the rich eisen show and the rich eisen show airs on raider nation radio 920 as a matter of fact it comes on right before jt the brick show and he was talking about the contract extension deadline uh, for Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. And the reason why when I listen to Albert Breer, I really, really pay attention to Albert Breer is because he's longtime friends with GM Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels. He's friends with the whole staff. So whenever he talks, I really pay attention. And I realize that the Raiders want to get as much good PR as possible. But when Albert Breer talks, there's something to what he has to say that's going on with the staff. So uh, there was a little exchange back and forth between Rich Eisen and Albert Breer on, uh, on Tuesday on the Rich Eisen show. So I got about three minutes of what I want you to hear, about three minutes of their conversation. You'll hear that. And it kind of goes with a lot that I had to say on Tuesday's show here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. So we'll tie that all together like some shoestrings coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, news and notes of the day. And there's not a whole lot to get to as far as news and notes. Of course, the biggest news around the NFL right now is all about the running back position when it comes to Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, and Josh Jacobs, and just the state of the of the, the position, right? And I've been doing a lot of ESPN national radio shows, been doing a lot of Freddie and Fitzsimmons, and that is the whole conversation. If we're on the air for about four hours, I promise you about two and a half feels like it's all about the running back position because right now while there's no real activity going on that is the biggest conversation especially when you have some really good players like a Pollard like a Barkley and a Josh Jacobs that don't get their contract extensions and really it's more Barkley and uh, Jacobs than Pollard Pollard as a former fourth round pick uh, you know, he was a guy that really never got a whole lot of burn in Dallas. So him getting $10 million is the reason why he signed that franchise tag immediately. He was like, oh, you're going to give me $10 million. I'll take it. Coming off injury, all good in the hood. So Tony Pollard, I don't really clump into this whole category with Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. But since he did have the franchise tag and he didn't get a contract extension, uh, that's why I bring up his name. But uh, the, the joint practices for the Raiders have been announced, and they're actually going to have two different sets of joint practices. The NFL announced that the Raiders of 49ers will have have a joint practice in Henderson on August 10th. Then the Raiders will head to Irvine for a joint practice with the Rams on August 16th. And if you remember, this year, as opposed to last year, the Raiders only have three preseason games. They had four last year because they played in the Hall of Fame game. So the Raiders and 49ers will play at Legion Stadium August 13th. 
They'll have the joint practices with the 49ers on August 10th. That is something the coaches like more than even training camp. That is something that the, the coaches like more than even preseason games is having those joint practices. And so, unfortunately, Josh Jacobs, I don't expect him to be there by August 10th. That would be good to see him get a little bit of burn against the 49ers defense just to get him ready for the upcoming season. But I'm sure he won't be there as he does not have a contract, and I don't expect him to sign that franchise tag anytime soon. Now, he could surprise me, but I'd be, again, I'd be really shocked by that. So the first joint practice is August 10th, the Raiders and the 49ers at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, uh, Raiders HQ. Then they'll go to Irvine, Southern California, for a practice with the Rams on August 16th, and the Raiders will play the Rams in Southern California August 19th. So that'll be the second joint practice of the preseason, second preseason game, and then the Raiders close out at the Cowboys August 26th. So those are the three games that they'll have in the preseason. Two out of those three, they'll have joint practices. And again, I think that that goes a long way for getting the team prepared. I know coaches love those joint practices a lot more than they love the preseason games. Raiders at Niners August 13th, uh, joint practice August 10th. Raiders at Rams August 19th, joint practice August 16th. And then the Raiders at Cowboys August 26th. I thought that that was pretty cool, and I look forward to that. And I do have a little bit of news before the preseason goes. The Raiders have decided that they're going to do their broadcast, kind of like the Manning cast uh, on ESPN, if you ever check those out on Monday Night Football. I'm not a big Manning cast guy, but I've seen it. I understand what it's all about. They're going to do that in the preseason. So JT the Brick and Lincoln Kennedy are going to kind of – they're going to kind of Manning cast it up for the preseason, and that'll be really cool. So they'll be on the call. So what that means for me is I'm going to end up doing the pre the pregame show and the postgame show uh, for the Raiders and for Compass Media. So it just kind of uh, you know gives me a little bit more skin in the game, a little bit more uh, experience doing uh, the pre and postgame show. So instead of JT doing the pre and postgame show, he'll be doing the actual broadcast of the game. Again, it'll be Manning style. It won't really be play-by-play like you'd hear from Jason Horowitz. And then I'll be doing the pre and the postgame show. Of course, the one pre, uh, pre-game show and the one uh, preseason game is at Allegiant Stadium against the Niners, so I'll do that from the torch. The other two I'll do from Raiders HQ in their little podcast studio. So that's a little bit. Uh, we had that call, a little conference call with the Raiders the other day, and it wasn't really set in stone, but uh, it was kind of confirmed just the other day. So that's something that I'll look forward to in the upcoming preseason. Uh, final little nugget I have for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. When I was doing the ESPN national show, Freddie and Fitzsimmons, we had Greg Bedard from the BostonSportsJournal.com. He was on the show to talk all things Patriots and talk about DeAndre Hopkins and the fact that he chose to go to Tennessee and not end up being in uh, New England. And we end up getting around to the conversation about the running back position because Greg has been covering the NFL uh, like a glove for a very long time. He happens to be on the Patriots beat right now. But again, he knows everything about the NFL. He's a guy that it's really good to pick his brains when it comes to all things NFL. So you'll hear my question I asked him about the running back position and kind of just where it is right now in the NFL. Check it out. Greg, before we let you go, this has been fantastic stuff. You've been covering the NFL for a long time. And, of course, the Patriots, they have traditionally never paid running backs. But now nobody in the NFL is paying running backs. We saw yep. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard. None of those guys got contract extensions. Is there anything turning around anytime soon when it comes to the running backs, or is this just kind of what it is? Yeah, I think this is just what it is. I mean, I you know, I've sort of been there a while on this. I mean, I feel bad for the guys because, you know, they – they they do work their butts off. I mean, you know, Josh, Josh Jacobs is a guy that I have um, admired watching on film over the course of his entire career since he was a rookie. Sort of leapt out at me, and and you know he was unbelievable for the Raiders last year in so many ways. But 
you know, it's just the nature of the position. Those guys, like, they, they take such a beating and there's such a, you know, short shelf life for those guys that, like, you know, it just it doesn't make sense to, uh, you know, from a team perspective to commit to these guys when you have, you know, plenty of running backs either on the street. I mean, look, Leonard Fournette does not have a job right now. He's a good running back. Kareem right. Hunt doesn't have a job. He's a good running back. You know, you have – you know, free undrafted free agents out of, you know, college who were good backs in college. Like you can, there's a history of finding players either late in the draft or an undrafted free agency that can do a good job. So it just, it, unfortunately it's the nature of the beast. You know, there's just, you know, one running back per team. That's really good. And there's too many guys out there. It's diluted the pool. So that was my question and the answer from Greg Bedard. And you hear him give uh, Josh Jacobs some nice flowers and give him a lot of respect. But at the end of the day, he says, you know, it's kind of, it is what it is at this point. Even though nobody wants to hear that, that's never a glowing remark. It is what it is. As a guy that uses that phrase quite a bit, I know that that's not a glowing remark. But that's where it is. That's where the state of the running back position is. I don't know how to change it. There's been some ideas that's been floated out there uh, about guys getting to the playoffs and then not playing in the playoff games. I don't see that happening. Seeing guys uh, being talked about, you know, sign the sign the franchise tag, show up, and then decide that, hey, you're not going to be ready for week one. You don't miss time. You don't miss game checks, but you're still not playing for the team, so it penalizes the team. I don't think that there's any – any really clean solution because guys want to play. That's the thing about it. It's not like it's a job that guys don't want to do. These running backs want to go out there and play, but they also want to get their money. So it's it's just one of those situations where I don't feel like there's any kind of easy or clean solution. But uh, that was Greg Bedard right there, bostonsportsjournal.com, joining me to talk all things running back. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, kind of news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, you'll hear from longtime NFL insider Albert Breer. He was a guest on the Rich Eisen Show talking about what happened with Josh Jacobs right up next to the deadline. There's a response from Josh Jacobs as well. We'll get into all that in segment number two of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast after I tell you about the title sponsor, which is FanDuel. And right now, you need to take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to go to the first or who's going to hit the first home run, steal the most bases, first five innings, whatever the case may be, they've got you covered. It's all on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And when you win... You get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. want you to hear just a few minutes of the exchange, a little conversation between longtime NFL insider Albert Breer, a guy who's very good friends with GM Dave Ziegler of the Silver and Black. Uh, Joshua Daniels, he knows that staff very, very well from their time in New England, so he's developed a really good relationship. And uh, the one thing that I, I've noticed in the small time, the short time that Dave Ziegler's been the GM, anytime you see Dave Ziegler around anywhere, whether it's at the Combine, if it's at the owner's meeting, Meetings, whatever the case may be, at the draft, whatever, 
Albert Breer is not too far away. He's kind of like that guy, that go-to guy. It's almost like every GM, every staff has their guy that, you know, I don't want to say leaks information, but has their guy that knows the inside information and has been talking to the GM. And Albert Breer is Dave Ziegler's guy. There's no doubt about that. He was a guest on the Rich Eisen show on Tuesday. Rich Eisen, his show comes on right before JT's show does on Raider Nation Radio 920 from uh, 10 to noon. They don't get uh, all three hours, but they get to 10 to noon hours Pacific time. And he was a guest on the Rich Eisen show. And they were talking about Josh Jacobs. And I love that Rich Eisen was really cutting for the running backs and talking about Josh Jacobs. And he was really I don't want to say confused but he was very as a matter of fact like this is not a good situation for running backs Josh Jacobs Saquon Barkley and others so here's the back and forth between Rich Eisen and Albert Breer really starting things off just asking what happened with Josh Jacobs and the Raiders on Monday when they were trying to get this long-term deal done my my, my sense is that the the effort was really made you know they, they, they made it they made a very strong effort and you know I know the Raiders have tried to be as communicative as, as possible with Jacobs and um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just think that's another one where, you know, my sense would be that the guarantees in the third year are, are, are part of the problem. Um, I, you know, the average per year, I think you can kind of work through that stuff. Um, but guaranteeing players money into a third year, especially at that position, especially where, you know, in the case of Saquon, you'd be talking about his eighth year in the league. The case of Josh, you'd be talking about his seventh year in the league. Um, yeah, I don't think that one got like contentious in the room, um, you know, between the, the Raiders and Josh Jacobs people. Um, but, and, and obviously like, you know, I think you had a, mo- like, like Tom said, you know, I, I would, I didn't have the detail on him being in the car, but I know he was the facility yesterday. I think Josh Jacobs was motivated to get something done. Um, you know, and this is another one. I, I do think like one of the similarities here, and these are not the same, you know, but one of the similarities here is that like just like you know Saquon meant a lot for 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 uh, Brian Dayball and Joe Shane in year one in New York, Josh Jacobs obviously meant a lot and shouldered a heavy load in year one for for Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler in Vegas, and so um, you know I it, it's it's interesting because I I, I just think like a, a lot of us do focus on the average per year and and I understand it's an easy number to go off of but. Guarantees are always important, and I think at that at this position in particular, um, you know, going to that third year for a running back can be a tough pill to swallow for a team. <laughs> Whereas for a player, he obviously wants to protect against the chance that there's a downturn, which makes him motivated to really push on that third year. I don't get it. I honestly don't. I mean, you're sitting here saying third year, and and I know you point out, you know, Joe Shane's from Buffalo, where they didn't pay guys, and and then you know uh, McDaniel's is from New England, where you know they won a Super Bowl with Sony Michelle, Legarrette Blount, Jonas Gray, Antoine Smith, so on and so forth. But, I know. But, but, hey, hold, on, but hold on a second. I'm, I'm not. I'm not done with it. But, but yeah. their current quarterback, you know, Josh Allen's not walking through that door in New Jersey. And Tom Brady, you know, I, 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 I think I'm confident in saying it's not walking through that door in Las Vegas. I guess you never say never. Right? You know, but, well, not as a player. He's not walking through that door, right? But so that's the point. I mean, we just had Marshall Falk yeah. who called in uh, um, in hour one and saying this is all because of the way that they pay quarterbacks and push up guys like Daniel Jones and Jimmy Garoppolo, um, who I, yeah. I am lumping together because they're not in the borough – and the Mahomes and Allen class, uh, Rogers class, they're not they're not in them in terms of decoration and 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 widely held belief uh, amongst folks like us to have that same 
uh, success. So there was a nice little exchange right there. And again, the back and forth was probably about eight to 10 minutes. Uh, but I just want you know, to hear a little bit of it, just a little bit of the exchange, about three minutes there worth. I will say uh, when the Rich Eisen show tweeted it out and tweeted the whole uh, interview out between Albert Breer and Rich Eisen, Josh Jacobs, he, uh, he, he followed it up on Twitter with just a cap. The cap emoji basically saying, yeah, that's a lie. <laughs> it didn't go down like that. And so, again, negotiations, you know how they are. Uh, I'm sure that the Raiders are trying to make it sound like they worked as hard as possible to get a deal. And I'm not saying that they didn't. But I could tell by the response from Josh Jacobs that he didn't agree with everything he heard there from Albert Breer as he was talking to Rich Eisen. But the point that was made that stood out to me, and, you know, I'd love to get your thoughts on it was the fact that Rich Eisen was talking about how important Saquon Barkley is for the Giants and how important Josh Jacobs is for the Raiders. And he basically said the same thing I said on Tuesday's show, right? All those running backs that I, and I went down the list, all the running backs that won Super Bowls and they didn't have big names and they weren't getting paid big money. And people say at all time, name me the last running back that won a Super Bowl or led their team to the Super Bowl that got paid big money. And really it's non-existent. Since 2009, I had the list that I, I rattled off on a Tuesday's show. But the difference is, as Rich Eisen pointed out, yeah, but those guys, all those teams had elite quarterbacks, right? And he said, Jimmy G and Daniel Jones aren't those guys. They're not in the same echelon as a Patrick Mahomes. They're not in the same category as an Aaron Rodgers. They're not in the same conversation as a Tom Brady. They're not, you know, doing the same things as Eli Manning, right? They don't eat at the same table as guys like that. They just don't. Right. I mean, even Matt Stafford. I mean, I, I think that most would consider Matt Stafford a, probably a better quarterback than Jimmy G and Daniel Jones. And I don't consider Matt Stafford a great quarterback, but I mean, he's he was able to get done what the Rams needed him to get done. Right. And he was he was that guy. All those running backs that were on that list. And I know the names and I got the list. Let me see if I can find it. I got the, oh, I got it right here. Good. Got my notes near me. These are the running backs. Pierre Thomas, James Starks, Ahmad Bradshaw, Ray Rice, Percy Harvin, which I believe is really supposed to be Marshawn Lynch, LeGarrette Blunt, C.J. Anderson, LeGarrette Blunt, LeGarrette Blunt, Sonny Michelle, Damian Williams, Leonard Fournette, Cam Akers, Isaiah Pacheco, right? Nobody is really a who's who on that list. I mean, of course, uh, Leonard Fournette was a high draft pick. LeGarrette Blunt was a good running back, but you know, he, he was a low draft pick and wasn't, none of these guys were getting paid more than $2 million. Right. Marshawn Lynch, though, he was doing some big things for Seattle. So I could say that. I mean, look, Russell Wilson has a Super Bowl championship. It probably should have two because of the run game in Seattle of Marshawn Lynch and the defense. But Pete Carroll refused to give the ball to Marshawn Lynch that second Super Bowl. Right. And they obviously Russell Wilson ended up throwing that interception. But I love the fact that Rich Eisen was basically saying like, yeah, but these guys are needed. And that was a conversation I had on Tuesday on Raider Nation Radio 920. I kept saying, how much does Jimmy G need Josh Jacobs? Like Zamir White, I think is going to be good. But I don't think he's going to be Josh Jacobs, especially not right away. Right, I mean, you saw his rookie year, even though he didn't get a lot of burn in the regular season, even in the preseason and training camp, you could see that he was still trying to feel himself through it, right? I mean, as a rookie, he's going to make some mistakes. Remember, Josh Jacobs is a three-down back. He can run the rock, he can catch the rock, and he can block, right? And Zamir White, I know he went to Georgia. He's a, he's a national champion. I get it. But he hasn't had a lot of burn and a lot of experience. So you're going to put a guy in Jimmy G who is injury prone, and you're going to trust the running back in Zamir White who hasn't done that, been there, done that for a long time to block for him. Now, this is probably all going for nothing because I'm sure Josh Jacobs will be back by the, the beginning of the regular season. Um, you know, and, and so Zamir White won't get that same amount of burn. You know, it's not like he's going to start the season and Josh Jacobs is going to sit out half the year. I don't expect that to happen. Now, it's a possibility, but I don't expect it. So it probably doesn't really matter. 
But either way you look at it, Jimmy G needs Josh Jacobs more than, you know, Patrick Mahomes needed a big-time running back or Tom Brady needed a big-time running back or Eli Manning needed a big-time running back or Aaron Rodgers needed a big-time running back, right? They're not, they don't eat at the same table. They're not in the same conversation. So I'm glad that Rich Eisen pointed that out, and you heard what Albert Breer had to say about the Raiders and Josh Jacobs trying to get a deal done and how they were pretty close to getting a deal done, even though Josh Jacobs says that was a cap, meaning, yeah, that's not true. Your calls and texts are coming up next in segment number three, 707-654-4693. This is the Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. Your calls and text straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Got a lot of feedback. We'll try to get to as quick as possible. Start things off with P.E., my guy from North Carolina. He's calling to talk about a couple of players he is high on and also a player he's not so high on. Here he is, P.E. in North Carolina. Yo, what up, Q-Pot? What up, Raider Nation? P.E. from North Carolina. Q, a couple of players I want to talk about today. Uh, first, Divine Diablo. A little bit of background on uh, Diablo. He's a North Carolina kid. He was one of the top receivers in the state of North Carolina when he was coming out of high school. That's right, he was a receiver. So he gets to Virginia Tech, and he doesn't cut that receiver. They move him to corner. He spends his first year as a corner, and then they move him to safety. So he couldn't cut it at corner either. <clears throat> then the Raiders draft him, and they move him to linebacker. So that's three positions that he hasn't been able to carve out a spot for himself. So, you know, a lot of people are high on the guy, but, you know, I just, I don't, I don't really think that this is going to be his position either. Um, it's highly unlikely that he would stick at linebacker after being moved three times already. So, uh, but we'll see. Now, a couple of players I am high on. Uh, number one, Drake Thomas, the undrafted free agent, uh, from NC State. Yo, this guy is a player, Q. He's a little small, but he's like a Tasmanian devil out there. He's all over the field, and he will hit. Uh, we'll see if he can put on some weight, but he definitely can cover. Another guy, um, Luke Masterson. I actually like him, man. He was a Wake Forest guy, and I watched him play too, Q. Um, he made he, he just made plays in college, man. He was all over the place. If it was a big play to be made, he usually made it. So I like that guy. I could easily see those two guys being our starting linebackers in the future. All right. And uh, Josh Jacobs, I want to talk about him for a second. I've heard a lot of people say that Josh Jacobs had a great year last year because he was in a contract year. I don't believe that's the case. You know, people act like as if he ran harder and played through more injury because he was in a contract year, which that's not true. Josh has done the same thing since he came into the league. He played through injuries in, in all of his years. Unfortunately for him, he stays uh, nicked up a lot, but he plays through injuries and he runs hard. So one thing you can't question about Josh Jacobs is his heart. And those are the type of guys that we need to pay. We need those guys on the team. Like we always say, Q, there's two types of guys. There's guys that love to play ball, and there's guys that love the lifestyle that playing ball can provide for, for them. And Josh Jacobs is definitely a guy that loves ball, we need to get that guy signed. If it's a guy that we want to keep around, he's definitely one of them. 
right, Q. Peace out, Raider Nation. P.E., it's always good to hear from you, my man. Definitely appreciate you. Interesting thoughts there on Divine Diablo. A lot of folks, including myself, are pretty high on him, excited to see what he can bring, especially what he's going to do in preseason and training camp just because he's a little bit bigger. You know what he was doing last year was pretty good. Uh, was it perfect? No. Did he have plenty of room to grow? Absolutely. But I'm interested to see what he brings to the table this upcoming year. But that's an interesting little nugget that you have on him. I appreciate you bringing that to the table. Something for me to keep in mind. And hopefully I can uh, ask him something about, you know, the position changes that he's had throughout the course of his career. So uh, something I wasn't aware of. Uh, now I do. Uh, now I know about it. Thanks for that. Uh, as far as Drake Thomas, he's getting a lot of buzz. Man, he is getting a lot of buzz. You know, I talk about the linebacking room being the, the part of the room that I'm pretty concerned about. Uh, if Drake Thomas is really that guy out of MC State that a lot of people say he is, maybe that maybe that room's not in as bad shape as I think. So that's another guy that I'll be paying attention to during tra- training camp. I did like what Luke Masterson brought to the table last year. You can see where he still needed room to grow. Uh, so we'll see. You know, and as far as Josh Jacob goes, I think everyone knows how I feel about him, and he's the guy I really wanted to see get that deal done. It just didn't happen, and really, really wanted to see him get that deal done because of him. I'm a fan of him. I, I, I love his story. I love what he brings to the table. And I know that that's not the way to do business. But I'm just saying, for me personally, that's my guy. And I was hoping that Josh was going to get that deal. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to. So, you know, it kind of is what it is at this point. And again, uh, going back to that saying, it stinks when you say that because you know that there ain't really a whole lot you could do about it when you say that it is what it is. Uh, up next, got a text from Avant Raider. He said, I thought the Hall of Fame game was pretty disrespectful. And here we are. I think the reason why this Jacobs issue seems to sting a bit more than any other running back situation is the Raiders have a tradition of breaking tradition and industry norms, sometimes with negative results, but often with positive results from relocating the team to signing vets to remaining loyal to their guys. It's not a loyal business, but the Raiders had a culture of breaking norms and loyalty. This Jacobs moves doesn't resemble any traits within the Raiders culture. Of course, that opens the topic of McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. This is a missed opportunity for the front office to make a statement to the locker room, the industry, and the fans. That's a Vaunt Raider on the text right there, 707-654-4693. And, you know, I don't agree 100% with that. I understand what you mean and what it can look like from the outside, but this staff has taken care of homegrown guys. I've, I've pointed that out multiple times. They took care of Max Crosby. They took care of Derek Carr. They gave him a contract extension to see how it worked out. It didn't work out. They took care of Darren Waller. It didn't work out. They took care of Hunter Renfro. It didn't work out, right? It sounds like they attempted to take care of Josh Jacobs, and it sounded like Josh Jacobs believed that they were going to take care of him because he was in the parking lot waiting to go sign his contract. So I don't think it's really a missed opportunity. It's just, honestly, I know no one wants to hear it, it's the nature of the beast. I mentioned it many times already. It's not a Raiders problem. It's not a Giants problem. It's not a Cowboys problem. It's not a Minnesota Vikings problem that released Dalvin Cook. It's not a Cowboys problem for releasing Zeke Elliott. It's not a Bengals problem for restructuring Joe Mixon. It's not a Panthers problem for trading Christian McCaffrey. Right? I mean, the list goes on. It's not a Packers problem for restructuring Aaron Jones. It's just, it's not. It's, it's a position and an NFL problem. I mentioned it before. The system is broken. The teams aren't broken. The team would be foolish. Any team in the league would be foolish to break the bank for a running back. And I know that the Raiders have gone against the grain many times. That's fine. But this staff is trying to get it done. They're trying to build it. They're trying to build it in the way that makes the most sense economically, makes the most sense to put themselves in a position to succeed. And that's all you can ask them to do. If they went out and broke the bank for Josh Jacobs, there would be plenty of people that would be happy for Josh. Hell, I'd be happy for Josh because, again, I don't get mad at any player for getting as much money as they possibly can. 
But at the end of the day, like many people said, when it came to Darren Waller getting his deal, why they do that? Shouldn't have done that. He had two years left on his deal. He's an injury-prone guy. No reason for that. Hunter Renfro gets his deal. Why they do that? He hasn't proven anything. Derek Carr gets his deal. Didn't matter. They, they ended up moving on from him, right? So, I mean, it's just there's so many things. Really, the only return on investment that they've made that has been good so far has been Max Crosby. So they're not going to go and get you know, crazy and spend too much money, right? Remember during, what, Dave Ziegler's first offseason, I was pounding the table for them to go and make a move for J.C. Jackson. Go get Mr. INT. He's going to make your secondary that much better. Go give him what he wants, man. Bring him to Vegas. The Raiders need that guy in the secondary. What did he do in, 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 in L.A. with the Chargers? Nothing. He was injured most of the season. And what I respect about Dave Ziegler is he's disciplined. He's not going to get emotionally invested. He's not going to break the bank because the fan base or the media or anyone else is pounding the table saying, do it, do it, do it, do it. These guys are in a position to make tough decisions at times, and they have to do it. I don't think that they missed an opportunity. I think that the opportunity is across the league, is league-wide, and that these guys aren't getting what they deserve. That's why guys like Derek Henry, who's the 169th highest-paid player in the league, came out and said something on Twitter. Christian McCaffrey, Najee Harris – Austin Eckler, all those guys spoke out on behalf of the, the running backs because it's not right what they're doing. The system is broken. The teams are not. So thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. We'll get uh, one more good call in. Raider Rich in the 831. Uh, he's calling to talk about the Raiders way and the Patriot way and what he likes and what he doesn't like. Here he is, Raider Rich in the 831. Hey, what's up, Q? Raider Rich, man. 831. Hey, you know, we always talk about Jacobs and whatnot. Uh, I'm kind of curious what you think about what's going on with this McDaniels regime. I'm not super excited about it. Um, it just it doesn't seem like it's the Raider way. And listening to your interview on Monday with Mr. Frank Hawkins, you know he kind of he kind of solidified my thoughts. You know, um, I just I don't want the Patriot way, man. You don't want the Raider way, and that's why I became a Raider fan. And I don't know what your thoughts are, man, but. I really hope that we succeed next year. But if we don't, is McDaniels gone? And if he is, I mean, what are your thoughts, man? Like maybe Gruden coming back? Because there's a lot of hype, you know, with him, with, with the Saints and Carr. And I really hope that um, we can just get back on track because I don't want the Patriot way, man. You know, I don't like the Patriots, man. It even bugs me that we got Brady as kind of being a part owner, so to speak. Um I want the Raider way. And that, that interview really, really sparked my, uh, my interest and kind of solidified my thoughts, man. Just wanted to get your thoughts. Much love. Thanks. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And, and I'll tell you, at this point, I don't really care who's the coach. I don't care who the GM is. I don't care where they came from. I've said this many times. All I care is that whoever it is, they get this team to winning. It's not really a Raider way. It's not really a Patriot way. All I care about is it being a winning way. The reason I say that is, and I don't mean to sound, you know, like a smart aleck and, and trying to be disrespectful. I'm not trying to be that guy. I'm just saying that if you change staffs and you could continue to change staffs, what happens? Every time you do, you're hitting the reset button. You're hitting the reset button. And I know there's teams like the Giants with Brian Dayball. They made it to the playoffs in year one on Brian Dayball. I know Mike McDaniel uh, at, uh, in Miami. He looked pretty good his first year, right, with Miami Dolphins. And sometimes that happens, but more times than not, when a team fires and hires and fires and hires and fires and hires, they keep doing the same cycle 
and they keep taking two steps backwards when they're trying to take as many steps forward as possible, and it just doesn't work. So I'm hoping Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels figure it out. I'm hoping they turn this into a winner. It's been two times that there's been playoff appearances since the Raiders lost to the Super Bowl in the Super Bowl against John Gruden in Tampa Bay. Only two times, 2016 and 2021. That is not enough. And if that's the Raider way, I'll tell you right now, I don't want it. Right? I want to see the winning way. So it's not, in my opinion, the Patriot way. It ain't the Raider way. Uh, and it's not the winning way until it is the winning way. And it hasn't proven to be the winning way yet. I'm hoping it turns into that. But until we see it, we won't know. So I don't really categorize anything. I'm just hoping for the best. <laughs> I really am because the, the turnover, I'm tired of. And the team not being a winner, I'm tired of. And me trying to tell, you know, family members, yeah, this team's going to be good this year, right? Trying to, you know, explain to, to, to my kids, <laughs> you know, hey, the Raiders, the Raiders are going to be good, trust me. And they're like, okay, sure. We haven't seen it in our lifetime, right? I mean, it's just, that's just the nature of the beast. I want them just to be a winning team so everybody could be happy in Raider Nation because the fan base, and I say this many times, and I'll drop the mic with this, the fan base is what, deserves that the most players come and go coaches come and go sponsorships come and go a lot of things come and go right the one thing that stays steady always no matter how old you are as long as you're part of this Raider Nation you stay the same as much as you might get mad at the team as much as you say you're not spending no money you're not watching no games guess what when push comes to shove when it comes time for the game 99.9% of the time, you're right there watching the game, either in person, on TV, listening to it on the radio. You're invested because that's your team. The fan base doesn't waver. Players come and go. Coaches come and go. So on that note, that's all I got for you. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we got a text from Flores Plunkett. Uh, Got a call from Grim Raider in Virginia. A text from Raider Julian in Moraga. Uh, Raider Vato has a call. We got plenty of feedback on the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. We'll have news and notes of the day, of course. We'll have plenty of conversation as well here on the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. So until tomorrow, Raider Nation, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.